Good morning, Westlight. Today is the last sermon in our homecoming sermon series. And for the past few weeks, we've been talking about Jesus in conflict that revolves around the question of who has legitimate authority. And so we see Jesus in conflict with the, the Pharisees and the Jewish wealthy and the, and the scribes and the Sadducees who um, really find their legitimation in, the, in their relationship with the temple. But Jesus is um, painting this portrait of, of who God is and his purposes that run counter to the Jewish leadership. And so it's interesting that we're still at the temple in our passage today. Jesus is sharing in the public arena, but he's talking with his disciples. And he's juxtaposing these religious wealthy leaders who are at the top of the social status with the widow who is at the bottom of the social ladder, who would be considered um, the society's expendable. And so we're going to look at Luke 20, 46 to 21, 4. Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in long robes. They love to be greeted with respect in the market. They love to have the most important seats in the synagogues. They also love to have the places of honor at banquets. They take over the houses of widows and they say long prayers to show off. God will punish these men very much. And as Jesus looked up, he saw rich people putting their gifts into the temple offering boxes. And he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. What I'm about to tell you is true, Jesus said. That poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these other people gave a lot because they are rich. But even these, even though she is poor, she put in everything. She had nothing left to live on. You see, Jesus is really going on the offensive here. And he characterizes these, these experts of the law as those who love to walk around in long robes. And long robes were a symbol of status. That they love to be greeted with respect in the marketplace. The marketplace was the social center. They, they had the most important seats in the synagogues. And so they were worried about their status in even the religious center. And they have places of honor at banquets. That these were the seats that were reserved for the first among those among the gathering. And, and even in those places, they were worried about their status. And they wanted to be the best and the first. He talks about how they prayed these long prayers, but he, he adds that, you know, that, that they, they devour the widow's homes, meaning that their long prayers had nothing to do with their concern for the widows, but that they were showing off. And so these, he, he sees these, you know, these rich people who are giving generously out of their abundance. And, and then he sees this, this widow who, who gave two copper coins and, and it was the only thing that she had left. And Jesus tells his disciples that she gave more. And I think that if we, you know, in sermons that we may have heard before, we, we might have been encouraged to give generously just as, this, just as this widow gave. But I don't think that that's what Jesus was trying to say. I don't think that's the point of, of what he's saying, of, of what he's trying to instruct and teach his disciples. Jesus never says to give 
as she has given. Kind of reminds me of taxes where the rich may give 20% of what they have. And that's a lot because they have a lot. But in relative terms to what maybe someone who is poor has, 20% is even more. If you know what I mean. It's not more than the... Well, you know what I mean, right? It's algebra. And I had to take algebra twice. I know I'd say that a lot, but math is not my strength. But you know what I'm saying. I think Jesus is making the case that the temple system and the leaders who are supposed to protect the weak and the vulnerable were instead participating in this system that was actually taking from the weakest and the most defenseless because they were required to give to the temple. And so Jesus is pointing out that these experts of the law were not adequately interpreting the law and they were not adequately living, adequately living out the law. The law was created to protect the widows, to protect them from, from cruel treatment and being abused and, and for allowing them to have a livelihood and, and to have what they, the, their basic needs. Deuteronomy 24, 19 says, when you are gathering crops in your field, you might leave some grain behind by mistake, but don't go back to it. Leave it behind for outsiders and widows. Leave it for children whose fathers have died. Then the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. Deuteronomy 27, 1 says, may anyone who treats unfairly outsiders, widows, and children whose fathers have died be under the Lord's curse. And then all people will say amen you see the Jewish leaders were participating and perpetuating 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 a system that victimized widows New Testament theologian Joel Green he says that these leaders were people who used their positions and the temple system to tyrannize and oppress societies most vulnerable. So who were the widows? Women in Jesus' day, we've been learning, were not valued as equal to men, that they were seen as less than human, that, that the goods that they provide was to, you know, their domain was the home. We learned that without the protect, protection of a male, a woman was would find it hard to survive. That women married men much older than them, 10 to 15 years older than them. And so, of course, you know, it would be more likely for the men to die before the woman. And, and that having a lot of widows would be an issue, a community concern. Women would, would have their whole lives taken away, not because of anything they have done, but because their husband had passed away. And yes, it's true, women would be able to inherit their husband's property. But if they had a son, the, the son would inherit the property and be responsible for taking care of the woman, of, the, of his mother. Widows might be young enough to remarry, but because they weren't part of the social norm, they weren't desired in the same way and often became victimized and oppressed because of the, their cultural structure. And so it makes sense that, that Jesus would be concerned for the widow. And Luke, you know, he, 
This is how he tells Jesus' story, and, and he uses the experts of the law. He uses the scribes as characters in the story to be antagonists so he, so he can tell Jesus' story. And we know that not all scribes would be um, consumed with their status. But we also know that in this patriarchal social structure, it would be nearly impossible for these men of power and privilege to see the widow and to see and understand her, her experience. Because the reality is we don't know what we don't know. In this passage, I, I think Jesus invites us to consider who are the widows of our day? Who are the oppressed and, and who are often victimized by our broken systems? And it may very well be the, the woman who lost her husband who lives off social security and um, can't pay for her prescriptions. But maybe we can expand our imagination and consider that maybe the widows, the widows in our context are also the indigenous people, people with a mental illness, immigrants, black people, LGBTQIA plus youth, people experiencing homelessness, or, or people with a disability. Jesus came to bring the good news to the poor. He, he saw the widow. He valued the widow. And we've been learning that he, he loves all of us, that we are all his beloved. And if we believe that, and if we want to live that out, then I believe that he's inviting us to see the widows of our context, to see the widows of our day, to to see and understand um, the struggles and the challenges and their experience with, with compassion and with empathy. And in those spaces, when we, when we see and we listen to stories, to be honest, I believe that we may think we're going to go in there and we're going to be God's tangible love. But in those spaces, we are going to find that, that, that while we wanted to give tangible love, God's tangible love to others, that we are the ones who will be receiving God's love and his grace in the most unlikely places, in the most profound ways. That in those spaces, as we seek to understand the stories of those who have been oppressed and victimized by their broken systems, that we are going to find that we, too, are the ones who are oppressed and who are poor and in need of God's love and grace. And I think that's why Westlight's vision is not to bring heaven on earth, but our vision is to experience heaven together. And may it be so.